Hey, welcome to True Alignment. I'm Edgar Papke. I'm Ken Sagendorf. We're live in the Innovation Incubator in the Anderson College of Business and Computing at Regis University in Denver, Colorado. And talking about alignment. Uh, alignment all things alignment. All things alignment. Alignment of life, alignment of work, alignment of love. Alignment, here we are. Welcome to our weekly dialogue on the subject of alignment. Yeah. It, and and that's what it is. It, it is a dialogue uh, about this. We get to... We get to uh, tease each other a little bit, Edgar. Mm -hmm. um, we get to kind of explore the work that we've been doing with our clients and customers. Mm -hmm. uh, explore a little bit of modern modern life and what's going on. Yeah, all of the above. And um, if you'd like to be part of the conversation, info at truealignment.com. Uh, all questions, thoughts, comments, anything at all, as always, are welcome, and we will respond as quickly as we can, including here on the air. If you've got a good question, please share it with us, and we'll delve into it here. Help the audience here, Edgar. So in your career, yes. doing, doing this alignment work for the last 30 years, what, what are the common questions you get asked? Uh, it's Well, that's a really great question, uh, indeed. Um, it is, uh, what are the different shapes and forms that alignment can take? Um, so more specifically, um, uh, today, uh, one of the questions that, uh, uh, that was about, uh, if I really want to have alignment in my, in my marriage, you know, uh, how do I get there? <laughs> what is, what does that look like? And of course, the, what does it look like is the, the people engaged in that, relationship need to be able to define that and how to get there begins with the conversation how do you how do you have a real conversation at times difficult around what the expectations you have of one another are so we come back to some really really basic elements of peeling away at and finding the truth yeah honesty trust all of those uh -huh. all of those things that dance around this idea of finding the truth yeah, and at the end of the day, uh, uh, the truest form of alignment is with the self and uh, the desired legacy and who we want to be. And, of course, that requires us asking ourselves uh, the difficult questions and you know, where, where am I aligned and where am I misaligned? And Again, every misalignment shows up as a tension, a gap between uh, a, a, a current state and a desired future state, and then it's that tension, that tension that we need to be able to embrace and use and let resonate to, to find our path to alignment. So Edgar, I have a big, uh, a big portion of my personality is very type A. Um, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> he says in a lie. <laughs> but, but one of the, one of the things I enjoy so much is are doing puzzles. And so my wife and I are constantly, oh. we have a puzzle going on the dining room. Do table. you really? We do. Do you have a bottle of whiskey next to it or tequila? Uh, it usually involves alcohol in the evening, but that's <laughs> I find myself drinking my coffee there in the morning, which is the time I enjoy more because the light's better. But, but we just I, I bring this up because we just we just did a puzzle last week, and it was funny because with with full and utter arrogance, you know, we've been doing a puzzle. You know, we've been knocking down a, like a puzzle a week in our spare time, and. My wife pulls this puzzle out of the cupboard, and, and none of us recognize that we had done it. But with full and utter arrogance, she goes, but it's only 750 pieces. Oh. Well, and, I was, yeah, I mean, come on. If it's not a 1,000 or, or more, it's... So 
so we're like, yeah, let's just do it. Like, like we're giving <laughs> some grace to the puzzle, but uh, it was, it was the hardest puzzle we've done uh, because the pieces were, they were non traditional pieces. Uh huh. So there were so many flat shapes that you couldn't determine what yeah. the outside of the puzzle was been there. But the other part was there were so many images inside the puzzle that you couldn't, you couldn't focus, right? So you'd find that same purple color would show up in 18 images across the puzzle. So you'd find yourself having a real difficulty in focusing. Okay. So where are you, where are you going with this in terms of alignment? Because I'm thinking a number of different ways of seeing this one. Well, I, you know, I think this this construct of alignment is is a little bit of an elusive picture. We've talked about that image uh-huh. on the subway where you can slow the subway down long enough and then it speeds away. Um, al- alignment is kind of like that for me. And in the conversation I have with so many people, like even as we're facilitating conversations with with clients and customers, you you can see them get the picture and then you can watch it go away. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's why I was bringing up the puzzle thing. And then I'll bring the movie reference in earlier, earlier in the episode this time, because Amy and I watched the Banshees of Inishirin with Colin Farrell. And, um, it is, uh, (laughs) it's a movie that, that doesn't have the, the typical beginning, middle end, right? There's no kind of wrap up in you know, nice bow on the story. Yeah, and sometimes that's disturbing to people and because we like the idea, the characters, the conflict, here's the resolution of the solution right here. Here's the end, and even if it's a sad ending, it's okay, at least we know it's there. But yeah, to, yeah. and then, of course, one of the big bends of that is let's set you up for the sequel. <laughs> you know, here to, here's Hollywood coming at you, right? Well, yeah. Jim, did We're you gonna see sell it? you some more tickets. No, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, and I don't want to give anything away to to our viewers, but there's uh, it, you'd be challenged to have a sequel, Edgar, because um, one of the characters is going to run out of fingers. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! Or? Well, um, you know, the other reason I bring up that movie is, um, you know, the the movie is on an island in Ireland, and the one gentleman wakes. Oh. It's on an island off of the island of Ireland. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, right, thanks, thanks for that I was, challenge. I was yes. looking at Ken yes. with this, like, yeah. what do you want? You're what, like what? my children, right? I mean, you want to be literal about this? Yes. An island child. off the island. I've never let go of my child. You know that. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the main character, Colin Farrell, he, he wakes up in the morning um, to go to the pub to find his best friend, who has decided that he doesn't want to be friends with him anymore. Ah. Uh. Uh, right, that's a toughie, and and that that is the story of the movie. Okay, and uh, so that's the conflict setup. But but the way that they work through this is really kind of an interesting discovery about their lives and what really is important. Mm-hmm. And and the explanation for the friend not wanting to be friends anymore is um, he's kind of afraid of what he is not doing because he's spending his time with this gentleman. 
Well, there's books on that topic, you know, who so pick your many. friends carefully because the uh, some are going to hold you back or drag you down or keep you from doing what you really want to do. Lady Gaga, no time for relationships. The only relationships I need are with my fans and my work, and that's where I go with it. Yeah. So here's uh, some thoughts as I'm listening to you, and I'm going to go back to the puzzle. Okay. And one of the things about alignment, like building the puzzle, is time. I don't know if you've ever felt the way that I do at times, doing a puzzle, impatience. Just can't find the right piece. Just can't find the right place for it. And there's a, always this kind of sense of impatience, especially if you're looking at it through the lens of I'm spending a time, my time doing a puzzle. Oughtn't I be not, ought I not be doing something that might have greater value than sitting and doing a puzzle? Can I pause you there? I don't want to interrupt your thought, but this relates directly Excuse me to the to the work that we do, mm-hmm. because this is I asked you earlier this question of is alignment yep. a destination? Is it there the it work? Is. Um, where is it? And <laughs> you know this idea of in our productivity kind of base mindsets that impatience comes in because we can't immediately see the product, right? I mean, in the part of the puzzle is that. You know, you can look at the box cover, you can look at the poster that might come with a with a puzzle, and you can see where you're supposed to be. But when you do alignment work, this is the work we do. Like, we paint the picture, which is effectively like the box cover of a puzzle. Yes. And then we ask people to start to do the work. And Yeah, and actually put it together. And this impatience comes in. Yeah, almost immediately. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes just the painting of the picture, people begin to get impatient. Because they just want to start, they just want to go, and um, you can turn a, you can open up a box of, uh, of puzzle pieces, and you can just go by finding the edges, if if you can, if it's a standard kind of link, right? And, and that brings up a, a couple of other things that you mentioned about it, which is that the if it if they're odd shaped pieces, it becomes more difficult because you don't have the predictability about how things come together, and if it's all one color. You know, if it's all a similar color, it gets more and more challenging. And one way of looking at that in a positive light would be, well, there's something here that's consistent. There's a broader picture here that comes together, and we can begin to see what the outcome can look like. And we see how the pieces all have a similar shade or a similar tone to them, and we find ways to put those together and yet, life isn't predictable to know that all the pieces are cut the same way. And they will be odd shapes. They will be different angles. They will be different surfaces. And that's our experience of how we look at the different pieces of life. And recognizing alignment is I've got all these different pieces. And I know with a broad swipe of the paintbrush what the colors can be and what it looks like and how it comes together. And have some sense of where I'm heading with it, though I don't always know exactly what the pieces will look or feel like or how they fit together. And the patience required to do that. There was that a takes time. Yeah, totally, Edgar. There was a scholar, and I, his name is escaping me. I've, I've been thinking about it for the last couple hours, and it's, it's, it's almost dancing right there on the outer parts of my, of my consciousness. But um, a, a, a former colleague of mine used to study this this scholar who said that the, you know, the way that you experience information mm-hmm. determines what the information means. Yeah. Right. So whether you're 
you're reading a newspaper or doing it on your phone or having it through the television or advertising in some other way, it's going to influence that. And I think, you know, listen, if you want to, if you want a million dollar idea, make a puzzle that the picture gets determined by which pieces go and when, and there's different kinds of pictures that can be made out of the same puzzle. Like that's a million dollar idea. Well, with today's technology, I could see that happening. Yeah, that'd be pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be so cool? Like you put different people down at the table and you get different results out of the same puzzle. Isn't that kind of like a business then? It's exactly like a business, right? I mean, that's your point about the, <laughs> the different shapes, the, the different shapes of the pieces. Yeah. Different ideas, different ways to see it. Yeah. And how people then turn and twist the pieces to try and make them fit. I mean, sometimes I've seen, I've seen people in frustration working a puzzle where they wish they had a mallet or a hammer to smack the piece and I'm going to make this thing fit, even though you know it doesn't. Ah, such a, such a wonderful leadership lesson in there, right? <laughs> but we used, to, uh, we used to do an exercise where uh, teams were given puzzle pieces and um, you know, different, different slices and dices of the activity. But really it was about that how people would try and force pieces or force people to play a certain way and, and uh, try and convince people and cajole people. Sometimes we used to give uh, the same puzzle to three groups. Uh, the difference, <laughs> we used to exchange the pieces among the groups, and if they didn't have dialogue with each other and ask each other questions, none of them would get an outcome. And, you know, well, that blame game. That's <laughs> right. Why didn't you speak up? Why, well, why didn't you ask me? That last group we were we were working with, and I told him about the Marshmallow Tower. Uh-huh. Jimmy should look this up because we should provide this this reference because I I don't remember the 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 person responsible for the Marshmallow Tower, but they've done this as a as an initial activity with so many groups of people, CEOs and engineers and and uh-huh. and kindergartners, and and the object is with you know limited number of pieces of raw spaghetti and a marshmallow, some scotch tape and some string to build the tallest, to get the marshmallow as far off the, the table as you can do uh-huh. it. And um, it's such an interesting activity, and, and their results will bear out that, you know, the worst, the worst groups of people that do this are engineers and, the, and CEOs. CEOs are like amongst the, the worst. Them, right? <laughs> right? Um, and, and they'll go on to explain. Did you find the reference? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got it. I'll, I'll list it in the notes. Okay. They, um, you know, they go on to explain that the kindergartners do so well at this uh-huh. because they are, um, they're just curious. They don't have, they don't have the answer. They don't have the, the picture of the puzzle. They're just curious. And they talk to each other. They communicate really yeah. well. Two thoughts about that. We, we used to, we, I've done this so, so many times through the years, um, Straws, paper, tape. Everybody gets a certain amount of tape, so it's limited. Yeah. And then the uh, the team that can build the highest tower on the table wins, or the tallest. And and uh, I'll never forget one group started from the top down. They they actually got on top of they they built almost a human ladder, and started their tower from the ceiling, taping the first piece to the ceiling and working down. And uh, whoa, the argument that ensued. <laughs> Is that allowed? <laughs> oh my God! And clarity, <laughs> what's that? Clarity of the goal, and yeah, there's so many lessons to be learned. The interpretation. Sometimes we, in business, or, in a, or even in a relationship, we set a goal, and the lack of 
conversation and dialogue around what the what the real expectation for that goal is or the clarity that we set. It's no wonder that so many times in organizations, strategic misalignment is the bigger is is the biggest challenge that they they confront, and then you know the fear of having a real conversation about that lack of alignment. So yeah. double movie reference, and I'm going to go completely 180 degrees away from. I the, saw your wheel spin from the intellectual <laughs> movie I mentioned earlier to a couples retreat, um, right? Which is just that shows off my poor movie taste. But um, in the in the couples retreat, as those four couples are on the island and they're being guided by the by the you know the mystic that designs all this stuff to improve their relationships, mm-hmm. um, they have a yoga session. Right with a with an extremely um, a, attractive yoga instructor, and and the husbands get jealous when he is helping their wives, um, you know, right. figure out some of these yoga poses and go deeper into them. And I just that that phrase where you know the one husband and it might have been Vince Vaughn or or uh, um, it's either Vince Vaughn or John Favreau's character. Okay, okay. <laughs> but they they say something to like, hey, why are you doing that? to my wife. And he's like, well, can you do it? And, and they just go, I mean, he just looks at him and, and, and they, you know, with indignance, they go, yes. And he goes, then do it, right? do it. Right. And I just, I think that, you know, this idea of um, the systematic version to get this kind of work done. Yeah. Almost is a hindrance. Oh, that now you've got me thinking about something that you mentioned before. What's the difference to the the, the people in the marshmallow tower uh, and the, their success tied to curiosity, and um, and you're you're back to that. Uh, how curious uh, how curious are we, and how curious are we about the endeavor or um, the ability to do something or the ability to align? It really is about curiosity, isn't it? You have to be able to. To ask ourselves and ask the questions and and ponder the possibilities. Yeah, I, I I was in a in a with a group earlier today, and you know one of the things you see so many organizations re- try and make use of things they've done in the past, mm-hmm. and I, almost like in a rebranding exercise, um, because they want to assign value to things that have happened in the past for the future. And, and I, you know, this is one of those things, this, this is personally, when I'm in those meetings, it drives me a little crazy because we have no, we have no say over the past. We have no control over the past. We only have control over the future. Mm. But if we're, if we're not in alignment, if we don't have the outcome we want, then trying to spend all your time re-explaining why you did what you did it's a trap for not having curiosity. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of our work when you, when you look at it through that lens is how you change moving forward is how you move forward. Yeah. So yes, clarity on the what, the why, and then it's how you move forward. And one of the things that we work with organizations doing, and we, we can bring this into our individual lives is we can create a process for curiosity whether it's design thinking, it's exploring and, and ideation, whatever it is, what we're really doing is building, uh, is creating uh, the means through which to engage in, in curious thinking, in curious contemplation, curious dialogue. 
That's how, that's really what we're doing. We're changing that how and moving. Cause you said something really important, which is, yeah, we can, we can control the future. No, not entirely, but we, what we can do is uh, elevate our power of choice because we can, we can have a, a good deal of control over the things that we do and say. And I, and that's the how. That's the how that comes into play. Agreed. I, you know, I want. I don't want to spill the beans too much or, or undercut the work that that we do with, with our clients. But, um, you know, I just we were working with a particular client, and 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 we had just gotten off the plane, and and she wanted to know like what we were gonna what we were gonna <laughs> do for the next two days, and I, you know, here's the secret, we'll see, <laughs> like. It is not a hundred percent. She was completely plan. She was completely convinced we had a plan. Oh, you have a plan. I know you have a plan. I know you're going to lead us down this path. I know you plan. Actually, no. We just have a couple of questions to ask. <laughs> it was so, um, but it it worked so well too in that particular instance. I mean, we picked this one activity, yeah. and and we watched them dig in, and it provided a springboard for the rest of the two days. Yeah, it was the two days. And if you if we got entangled or caught anywhere, it was just a matter of smiling and looking at the wall again. And here it is. Yeah. There, there's there's the path. I don't uh you know, I don't know what models to, to always put on that, but you know, that version of what, so what, now what? Right, uh you know It's that simple actually. Assess a line act. whatever we want to use in this model, um that's really that that first step of let's just name let's just name things right now like we don't have to we don't have to have ownership we don't have to have defensiveness let's just name it yeah and I think there's a big how in that if, uh, for uh, those that are listening to this uh, to this episode is that the the how in its simplicity sometimes is just being able to be curious and then name what shows up give it a name much like a process, give it, give it, um, give it a name or the steps in the process have like just quite simply assess, align and act. Yeah. What? So what now what? You, you, you said something earlier, Edgar, you said you, you know, when you're doing the straw and the tape exercise, uh-huh. like, and somebody started hanging <laughs> I've from seen the some ceiling. Beauties. I've seen some beauties too. But yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I remember from my own youth, like uh, basketball was my sport. And when, when I had a, a friend who's passed away actually at a very young age, but his name was Terrence Scarano. And we had a new coach and the new coach was a younger guy and he liked to play with us. Um, and we actually didn't like the coach playing with us. Oh. Like it was a little too close. Um, right. And, and so you, you treat them differently, right? I mean, it's no longer up here. This is your coach. Mm-hmm. And some things that happened in that practice and we were all getting a little pissed off at what was the way it was working. Yeah. And so finally, like Terrence had a confrontation with him, with the coach. And you could almost like hear the pin drop in the gym. Like, oh, oh, what's going to go down now? And the coach went, awesome. That's what I wanted. And for the rest of us, like he wanted that energy. He wanted that, like, I want to win. Uh-huh. And none of us knew that we could. Mm-hmm. Right? None of us knew that that was a pathway for us. And so it opened up a new set of questions. 
And so, you know, I think curiosity is almost, we almost assign that as a trait that it, you have it or not. You, you talked about we can teach people. We have methods yeah. for, for teaching curiosity. Mm-hmm. How, what's your advice to people to know that it's okay? It's okay to be curious about a different way that things can be done, about a different set of questions that can be asked. Advice or um, the immediate thought that I have is that all our lives we are in some shape, form, or another curious. All our lives. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. Ever since we're children, even the curiosity of, of learning to walk you know, and the accomplishment of doing something without a sense of curiosity if something is possible, just that alone, the idea that something I'm curious about whether something is possible or not, or I, do, I believe it's possible, how do I get there? That's our lifelong journey. It always is. Uh, alignment is uh, the assessment, align and act. The assess part is that. It's to, to uh, pose questions to ourselves, to, to imagine, to wonder. They're all different forms of curiosity. I, I, I think uh, imagination of itself is an expression uh, or an interaction with our curiosity. So how do you, I, I love it. I mean, uh, things come, are, are flooding into my brain right now. One is the, the work of Sir Ken Robinson when he does this, yeah. this education kill, kill curiosity. He does, says the same thing you just did. We have this when we're children, right? I mean, and I think that the wonderful clip, Jim, there's a wonderful YouTube, maybe we can stick it in the notes, that is a, uh, a whiteboard animation mm-hmm. that is, um, you know, when he talks about this creativity is the study is they ask people, um, you know, how many uses they can come up with for a paper clip. And the, and the young children ask, you know, can it be a 100-foot-tall pink foam paper clip? And the adults are like, wait a minute, that's not what a paper clip is, right? Right. I, I mean, and so, you know, his argument made there is that, you know, we, we undo that out of people over time. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that comes flooding. The other thing is confirmation bias. I mean, the ability to really, the ability to really assess without looking to confirm what you want. Yeah. That part is that part escapes many. Yeah, and uh, that's much like we've had the conversation here on the podcast about mindset and changing the experience. So, we really have to allow ourselves to change the experience and go in a different go in a different uh direction with it sometimes. Uh, to to experience it differently is to feel differently about it. And when we feel differently, we begin to think differently about what's possible. And, and that has so much, again, coming back to the idea of assess and curiosity in those pieces. I think that's so, so important. And it is another piece of this that I think is, is, is important for us to tap into is that as adults, if we want to talk about who we are as children, our imagination and our curiosity as adults, one of the things that we always do with a group is we begin the conversation of what do you want from this? Let's begin exploring and being curious now. And even if you have a set outcome of a goal, the questions are going to show up is how do we get there? And what does it look like to get there? That's, and so if you want to begin, you know, if, if you want to, if you like as a, as a means to do this and, and the behavior of curiosity is just begin with that simple idea. You know, what, what's your desired outcome? What's your expectation here? And let's have a conversation of how we get there. 
Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I think he had walked out of the room, and I was sharing with Jim something I just tried with my, with my faculty, and it was to have a conversation. To have a conversation about collection of modern news. Oh. Um, were you in the room when I started? I did. About yeah, this? I, real interesting. So you know, we talked a little bit about um, the Department of Justice is is trying to break up the monopoly that is Google, um, some data privacy, and you know this. Um, uh, this idea of, of organizations kind of soaking data in but putting up walls, walled garden of data. It doesn't ever comes out once it's in. Um, and, you know, all the modern things. The New York Times, if you want to read an article, it's it's a walled garden. Like you got to pay to get in. Um, no longer is allowed out. Wall Street Journal, things like that. But um, I think you walked out and I was sharing with Jim. I think it was a huge success to have this conversation. But in the beginning, people were like, What's the outcome? And I said, the outcome is to practice a way of being with one another and having conversations about these things and what they mean for us. And they're like, yeah, 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 but what's the outcome? Yeah, you can get stuck on that <laughs> so easily. Well, and I, you know, literally, like the design was an engagement. <laughs> this, it's a baby step. For my folks, we're trying to bring them together in, in the idea of let's teach some people that have come up their paths differently ways to engage with each other. Um, you know, not just be passive, not just be domineering the conversation, but to be excitable. And, and, and you know, I think that this is, the, this is the thing about our work, that it is kind of, it's playful for us. Yeah. And it's, I'm going to go back to the reference around the child and the adult, too, because as a child, you don't need to have a clear outcome. You're told, you know, let's go play, and you go play. Or, uh, or you tell the child what they're supposed to learn. As adults, we have to discover what the interest in the learning is to begin to, do, to, to then unfold the curiosity that goes with it. Give us an antidote from, from, from your work over the years, Edgar, where you've seen people and their, their structure got in their way of doing the alignment work. Right? I mean, I, as we go out and we talk with CEOs, a lot of times this is the, you know, you get that CEO that says, yeah, get me from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and they don't always grasp it. We know this is... This is the work to the get. Most, the most common antidote around this is when a CEO says to me, what should I do during this session? What's my role? Um, how am I going to, quote, unquote, be good at this as the CEO? Mm-hmm. And um, typically it's, it's when you feel like jumping in, jump in. Yeah. But, uh, look, we, look at actively listening to what's happening in the room yeah, and, we, and, and take that. And so often what happens when the CEO allows the space and uh, because so often the leader speaks, that becomes part of the, immediately becomes the path of the outcome. And so allowing that, allowing for that space and it never, it hardly ever fails that at the end of it, the CEO says, had I put in what I thought the outcome ought to be, I would have never gotten what I got. It, this, uh, I, we've, we, would nev- we would have never gotten to this level of thinking we would have never gotten to this incredible outcome or this this is very different than what i thought would happen and it's much better than i thought would happen yeah i you know i 
it's it's so interesting you say that. Yesterday, my my oldest has decided she wants to run a half marathon. Now, um, I don't know. We're in this. We're in the innovation incubator. I'm not sure my daughter, as a as a as a concerted effort, has tried to run the distance across this room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a there's a, a lot of hyperbole in there, but 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 you know, she said, "Send me programs." So, you know, we used to do a lot of running. Hal Higdon is a legendary running coach, and He's got all these formulaic ways of getting ready for a half marathon, 10K, la, la, la. And so I sent her, I sent her this one. And so immediately she, like, jumps on the treadmill to, to do this one. And the best text message I've seen all week because I almost, I almost hit, hit something because I was driving in. The car. I shouldn't be looking at my text. But the, no. the text message said, <laughs> I just did eight minutes, eight minutes of running, Two minutes off for thirty minutes. I'm deceased. That's what it said. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. But uh, you know, and? She, she's got some. She's got some mechanical issues. I should hook her up with 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 your kids. Yeah, right. Yeah. In all the running they do, because the conversation that I was having with her was the thing about distance running that is the mistake is that we think it's the physical thing that is going to be the only thing that you're working on and a lot of times distance running is figuring out mentally how you can allow your body to do something yeah for that length of time so true so true and i you know that idea that the the ceo you know had i put the outcome in and not let the process work mm-hmm. i mean and that and that's been my experience of alignment and i think that's why you know like like when you don't know the image for the puzzle, I think that's why some people can get frustrated with, with the work because they think it's the, this thing, but it's really this other thing that is going to be more important. It yeah. is the, and, and listen, we've seen those CEOs get in that group, shut off the CEO lens and Man. be colleague lens and how awesome and positive that outcome has been. Yeah, very much so. We've also seen a leadership team that kind of hovers around the edges and watches and how that kind of, you know, starts to eat away at the outcome. Inhibits the, inhibits the, the process of curiosity and exploration and creativity. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So uh, the uh, thoughts I have about takeaways from this conversation, um, along with the ideas of that alignment takes time, curiosity um there's a there's a level of patience there's a level of letting go of our predetermined outcomes and um and to be able to open up to our own mindsets not to immediately change them rather just to explore them and see things differently and um at the end of the day that what it does for us is this lifelong journey towards constantly questioning assessing looking for those opportunities for alignment and always being curious, always being curious about what's possible and, and what's next and realizing that despite our best efforts and despite our control over the things that we do or say, that the most significant events are those that are unforeseen. And I think uh, that all brings it back to the simple idea of live in the moment and yeah, uh, just... Practice trying to be ready. Yeah, dive in and, yeah, I think alignment is readiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Edgar, Edgar's so serious. I want to see him running <laughs> a, a meditation retreat. <laughs> I, I love meditation. I love the idea of meditation. I am terrible at it because it, 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 I have to be so hyper-conscious of it, right? I have to be... Um, have I shared this story on the podcast before? I probably have. I'm getting old. I say the same things over and over. Um, but I was working with this group, this meditation group of peers, and um, I was brand new at it, brand spanking new. And, you know, we got back together the second week, and we were checking in on how, how the week's practice went. And then I said, you know, it went terrible. And they're like, well, Why? Like, because I set this goal of trying to do 100 deep breaths, and they just started, just like that, they just started laughing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like, you dummy. Like, that's not how this works. <laughs> well, there you go. I know. <laughs> All righty. All right, it's time to bid adieu. Indeed. Thanks for the conversation today, Edgar. Yeah, thank you, Ken. Um, and thank you all uh, for listening and Once again, info at truealignment.com, questions, thoughts, comments, anything at all. Look for the notes uh, along with the the audio recording to this podcast. And And, uh, a collection of crazy references. Yes. And um, Mr. Neuhofen, James, thank you uh, for being our producer and being with us here, as you always are. Thank you, guys, as as always. As we engage in season two of the True Alignment podcast. Thanks, Jim. All right. I'm Ken Sagendorf. I'm Edgar Papke. Have a great day, everybody. Live aligned. <laughs>